Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. Welcome to On the Ball with me, Rick Buecher, on the United We Cast Network. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young-onset Parkinson's called Rebound. You can pre-order your copy on Amazon right now, and it will be released on April 6th. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily, but not exclusively, involving the NBA. And that is here. Thank you again for joining me on the updated iteration of Buecher and Friends, the name of my previous podcast. This is the second episode under the new name and cover art. Not much has changed other than that. I'll still be bringing on guests from time to time and still diving into aspects of the NBA that I don't hear or see being discussed by other outlets. By the way, feel free to let me know what you think of the new name and the new art. Seems to have had a pleasant reception, but I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. For this episode, we're hitting two topics. Why Magic Johnson keeps messing with Lonzo Ball, and why I would not have a problem with Giannis Antetokounmpo winning a third consecutive MVP title. But first, let's dive into Magic Johnson's assertion that there is no point guard in the NBA who has a higher basketball IQ than Lonzo Ball. Yes, Magic said that of Lonzo Ball of the 19 and 24, as of this recording, New Orleans Pelicans. Lonzo Ball of the 5.6 assists a game, fewer than he averaged last season. Lonzo Ball of the 2.8 to 1 assist to turnover ratio. Lonzo Ball, 26th in the league in assists per game overall, 24th in assists per 36 minutes. 26th per 100 possessions. I bring all that up just in case anybody out there is thinking, well, if he'd only played more, or no. It's a conundrum. Lonzo Ball, this is also the Lonzo Ball who was on the trading block, even though he has started every game for the Pelicans so far. That Lonzo Ball is the one that Magic says no point guard in the NBA has a higher basketball IQ then. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on this 
because it's one of the manufactured hot take subjects that quite honestly give sports journalism today a bad name. What time I do want to spend on it has to do with how these topics come to be more than the validity of Magic's statement. Now, I've known Magic for a long time. We're on a first-name basis. There was a time I would have said, we have a pretty good relationship. Many, many years ago, we played in a pickup game in Minneapolis during All-Star Weekend. I don't get the sense we are as cool now as we were then, but I can't be sure. We're not simply not around each other that much. And there was a story that I reported a while ago about uh, Magic seeing some emails. I believe it was Magic seeing some emails in which Rob Palenka was disparaging about him. I got a little pushback on it, um, told that Magic actually doesn't read <laughs> emails but I also know he has a secretary who does, who reads them for him and then translates them. So I figured like this was this this is one of those technicalities, plausible deniability. No, I never Magic never read that. That's what I was told. Uh, okay, he didn't read it. Somebody read it to him. That's the distinction. He knew that Rob Palinka was bad mouthing him behind his back. Water under the bridge. They've resolved their differences. That kind of thing happens more often than you might think. And it's weird. The NBA is a weird place in that people are so eager to stay within the NBA bubble and continue to live the NBA life and enjoy all of the resources and dividends of being in the NBA that they will put up with some backstabbing, even from people close to them. I may get around to telling some of those stories at some point, but trust me, I've heard them, I've seen them, and I've asked the question, and it really is, hey, I want to stay in the game. So people aren't going to take a stand, even if somebody is close to them or somebody that they consider a friend is bad-mouthing them. All right, so as I said, um, don't want to spend too much time on this particular subject um magic and i have not spent a whole lot of time around each other lately uh, but this is what i can tell you magic is very protective of his image as the unofficial pied piper of basketball the player who made teammates happy with easy buckets who entertained fans with his trickery and showmanship uh, and an overall wholesome kid from Michigan who saved the NBA along with Larry Bird and then did for the inner cities what he did for the NBA as a businessman. And he did do all that. And he was all that. But he's also always said and done oddball things. This is not... Irvin Johnson going a little nutty in his old age or falling out of touch with the game. He's always been like this. And it's always been part of his charm. The difference is, he didn't have a Twitter account back then to express himself to the world whenever the mood struck him and every utterance by every recognizable figure wasn't blasted out for the world to digest every 13 seconds. 
back in the day, this is before he, you know, he built the relationship with ESPN and all of that, Magic would have to say something to a reporter. And then that reporter would have to deem it worthy of writing. And then his editor would have to agree for it to get traction. And reporters who were around Magic on a regular basis didn't write everything he said or every utterance because they knew some of it was just kind of goofy. But today, there aren't any checkpoints or security guards these days to save off the infiltration of silly statements into the public conscience. Magic made the comment on ESPN's first take, the hosts of which, of course, did not challenge him. Stephen A. went through the charade of wanting to, but just being unable, because it is, after all, Magic Johnson, one of the greatest point guards of all time. And just in case, Max Kellerman made sure Stephen A. didn't challenge Magic by crowing in the background that Stephen A. dare not question the view of one of the greatest point guards of all time. But the declaration actually demanded all sorts of questions, some of which were pretty apparent to fans on Twitter. They immediately brought up the names Chris Paul, LeBron James, who was listed as a point guard this season, and Rajon Rondo, to name three. Other questions that beg to be asked. What is it about Lonzo's game that makes you, Magic, say that? If Lonzo, another one, if Lonzo has that kind of IQ, why doesn't he have a bigger impact for the Pelicans? And does that mean you disagree with the idea that his brother LaMelo is already better than him? Now, those questions weren't going to be asked because Stephen A. and Magic are boys. Neither Stephen A. nor ESPN are going to risk upsetting Magic and make him think twice about coming on when they ask, which is too bad because I've always considered the value of having a relationship with an athlete is that you can ask tougher questions because you've proved that you will be fair. You've earned their trust. I said at the start that the hot take was manufactured because if it had been challenged, it probably would have died a quick death. It also would have put Magic in an awkward situation. I don't know how well he would have handled being challenged about it in that situation. There's this look that Magic gets where he kind of turns his head up and his eyes skyward as he thinks about something when he's, when he's stuck. And it's a clear indication when he's stuck. Now, the other part is what Magic said was also instantly converted into a more extreme statement. He didn't say Lonzo had the highest IQ of any point guard in the NBA, as Bleacher Report, for one, I'm sure they weren't alone, wrote in their headline. Magic said that no point guard had a higher IQ. It is possible. First of all, it is possible that Magic really didn't think about how he was saying what he was saying. He wasn't necessarily careful with his words. But it is possible that Magic believes there are a half dozen, a dozen point guards who have the same basketball IQ and that Lonzo is one of them. That would have been another good question to ask, by the way. 
Are you saying Lonzo is the smartest point guard in the game? Or are you saying he's as smart as any point guard in the NBA? And if it's the latter, how many point guards are we talking about? How many are on his level? All that seems like pretty valuable distinctions to clarify. No? And yet, this happens all the time. Quotes are taken out of context. Stories are given a different slant by focusing on one aspect of them. All for the sake of raising the ire of, ire of fans with a headline on a page or TV screen. As I said on a IGTV post earlier, yes, I'm doing those, check them out. I'm going to take the high road and believe Magic was just trying to pay Lonzo a compliment. I'm not going to go down the road of believing Magic was trying to claw back some of his reputation as a talent evaluator for having drafted Lonzo with the number two pick ahead of Jason Tatum when he was the Lakers team president, and then proclaiming that Lonzo's jersey would one day hang on the wall next to his as an all-time Lakers great. This was said by Magic before Lonzo had ever put on a Lakers uniform. Uh, by the way, apparently in the same appearance, he suggested Lonzo would be a great fit with the Knicks because they needed to run more and score easy baskets. Magic is either not aware that Tom Thibodeau is the Knicks head coach or is not aware that Tibbs is notorious for playing a slower tempo that allows his teams to do what he coaches best, which is defense. New York isn't last in pace this season because they can't run. I mean, hell, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett, quickly. I mean, they, they have a team that's built to excel in an up-tempo game. They don't run because Tibbs wants control which means Lonzo's creativity and spontaneity wouldn't only be lost, might put him at odds with Tibbs pretty quickly. But hey, he's magic. So what he says must be right. Right? All right, moving on. I feel as if the MVP race has been a topic earlier and more often this, this season than ever before. It started, of course, with the bizarre preseason projection of Dallas Mavericks point forward Luka Doncic as the early favorite to be this year's regular season MVP. By the way, this is another name that you'd want to throw at, at Magic to ask, okay, so you're saying that, that Lonzo's basketball IQ is higher than Luka Doncic's? Mm. In any event, we went from Doncic being the preseason favorite to then Steph Curry getting hot for a minute and his chances of winning a third one after a four-year gap since his, he won those first two. and you know, There's been a lot of ridiculousness. I, I, I knocked down a lot of it as we've gone on. I told you the Steph Curry being an MVP candidate was not a realistic possibility, not because of Steph, but largely because of his team. The team around him wasn't going to be good enough. And I also was aware that Steve Kerr and the Warriors are not going to burn out Steph this season. They're not going to go to the wall. 
playing him as much as they can. They're going to be cautious because they want him in decent shape for at least one more run when Clay Thompson gets back. Same with Draymond Green. They know that this year is not the year. And while I'm sure ownership is pushing them to be as competitive as they can and play Steph as much as they can, I, I, I get the sense that Steve is is hitting the brakes. He's at least working the emergency brake a little bit. Uh, LeBron James, also a favorite for MVP, a good part of the season, which I didn't really have a problem with, but this year in particular feels like one of those where there should or could be a different one every week or that probably the best approach would be we shouldn't post favorites at all this year. We should just group the candidates on different tiers because no one has really separated themselves from the pack. I mean, on, at any given point, if you're putting out a weekly MVP ladder, as I believe NBA.com does, it's weekly, other weekly, whatever, every other week, it it's, it's, can be so influenced. The, the field is so muddled and closely packed that one game, two games, can influence a guy's position. And one or two games in a 72-game season should not be influencing a guy's position. And yet, if we're really going to micromanage this MVP race in this particular year, then you're going to see a lot of that fluidity and jockeying. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. I only bring all of this up because I have a greater appreciation for Giannis Antetokounmpo, the two time reigning MVP for the Milwaukee Bucks, and his worthiness for the award more than ever before. As you may or may not know, I am a voter on all the NBA awards and have been since 1992. And I have yet to put Giannis at the top of my ballot. Two years ago, James Harden filled the first of the five slots on my ballot. Last year, it was LeBron. Giannis was second on both ballots. But at least I... I I'm, 
almost certain he was. He was second on my ballot last year. Pretty damn sure that he was second to Harden the year before. I'm sure. Now I'm sure. And for what it's worth, Luca was third on my ballot last year, just ahead of James Harden and Jimmy Butler. See, I don't have anything against Luca. I just didn't understand why anyone would make him the favorite to win it this year based on him finishing fourth in the voting last year with zero first place votes. And he didn't show anything in the playoffs that made me think he was going to take another leap. Now, maybe some people were taken by the averaging 31 points, uh, shot a decent percentage, rebounded well, but still knocked out in six games against the Clippers. Maybe it was the performance that he gave uh, with Kristaps Porzingis being out. I'm, I'm not sure, but he didn't show anything in the playoffs that made me think he was going to be the MVP this year. In fact, I thought he got exposed a bit in the bubble as far as his vulnerability defensively, his ability to stay healthy carrying a big load, which as we're seeing with Joel Embiid and LeBron James this year, uh, is a factor. And his inefficiency. Yes, he averaged close to a triple-double, but he also averaged more than five turnovers a game in the Mavs' six games against the Clippers and had something like 8.7 assists. So the assist-to-turnover ratio was not good at all. I came into the season thinking that Giannis didn't have a chance of winning MVP either, largely because I just couldn't see the voters after another flameout in the playoffs voting him MVP a third consecutive year. Uh, the precedent of that, Larry Bird, I believe, being the only one having done it previously. I, I Look, I saw it happen with Steve Nash. Steve Nash won two consecutive MVPs. There was no way he was going to win a third, even though his third year, in my mind, was actually the year that he most deserved it, statistically and overall impact on the game. Uh, so we've been down this road before. And it appears like I may find myself in a very similar position when it comes to Giannis. Uh, I just, look, his numbers overall are down, which are going, that's going to hurt him with voters not named Buker. But I believe he's actually expanded his overall game. He's making threes a tick below what he did last year, but he's taking them when they need to be taken rather than being cautious at times. That's one of the elements that I don't believe is always taken into account. Some guys can, sometimes guys can have really solid percentages, shooting percentages, because they don't ever take difficult shots, even when the game demands that they be taken, or they're not feeling it. So ball swings, nah, this isn't mine. And they ended up swinging it to somebody else who's working with a shorter clock, who's not as open and now they have to force one up. So they save their own shooting percentage by foisting the responsibility of that shot on somebody else. It happens. I don't want to say how much it happens, 
but it happens. So always have to take shooting percentages with a grain of salt. You do have to watch the games and really get a feel for players and their decision-making before jumping to the conclusion that a guy shoots a high percentage and therefore he's a great scorer. Zion Williams is kind of an example. Everybody talks about his historic efficiency scoring right now because he only score, he only shoots at the rim. That's the only time. And if he attacks and he can't get to the rim, he's kicking it back out. Somebody's taking a three, but he's never he's not shooting pull-ups. He's not shooting threes at any significant clip. So he's not taking shots that you miss some of and yet it's important to be able to make those shots it's an important element in a player's game and it's an important element to a team because of the way Zion plays everybody else has to adjust their games they have to provide the things now look I'm not taking anything away Zion is a revelation when it comes to attacking the rim his quickness his second jump, this, the, his ability to get back up quickly, uh, his body control. He's, he's amazing. I, mean, I love watching him. But it is, boy, it is a one-trick pony right now. And uh, it's an amazing trick, but it's only one trick. And so the rest of the Pelicans have to play off of that. And it's not such a trick that it opens everything up for everybody else. It opens things up a little bit, somewhat, but he's still figuring out his handle and how you know to pass. And you can kind of look when, when you know that a guy's going to a certain place, he's gonna attack the rim, and if he gets stopped, then he's gonna kick it out. Like that becomes pretty predictable. And predictable can be defended, no matter what the level of talent. A player has now that's where Giannis actually there's a, a, a distinction here now um, he's he's taking the three when he has to take it he's taking and making mid-range jumpers but he's taking them most important when they need to be taken and he's not showing any uh, reserve or hesitation if that shot's not going down that's another important element to the game is that there's a rhythm to the game and a feel for when a shot is created. And when that shot is created, everybody knows it. Everybody on, on the offense knows it. And that shot has to be taken. And the anticipation is without just out of the corner of your eye, you see it swing, guys open. I now turn my attention to the boards or getting back or whatever my next responsibility is I'm not thinking about the ball coming my way as far as a pass or getting myself open that's already done I'm turning to the next responsibility getting back on defense trying to get position on the boards if I'm if offensive rebounding is is part of the game it's become so little of it now but in any event when when that shot doesn't go up it screws things up and so that would happen with Giannis when he would 
when he would not take an open shot because he wasn't sure he could make that open shot. And now I'm going to put it on the floor. Now everything starts over, and you're starting over late in the shot clock. You just can't afford to pass up opportunities in, in the NBA. They don't come along all that often. But what I appreciate more than anything about Giannis is the joy with which he is playing. Look, the Bucks didn't get off to a great start this year, and yet they are beginning to find their groove. And I credit a lot of that to Giannis, who has remained a positive spirit through all of it and didn't necessarily have to. I mean, this is a guy who just signed a long-term deal with the idea that uh, they were going to add some pieces that were going to allow them to take the next step. Giannis committing, the Bucks making some moves, getting Drew Holiday. Obviously, their attempts to get Bogdanovich didn't work out. They have now added P.J. Tucker. Uh, I, I Look, I feel more positive about Giannis in particular and the Bucks in general as far as championship contenders this year than I ever have. And then there's people that I know in the league who don't, share that they they think there's something missing with the bucks and there may still be but i think that there is less missing than there has been in the past i have not been on board i have not envisioned them winning it all at any point in the last few years just they didn't have that energy for me now because of the muddled picture in both conferences to be honest i I see a pathway there for them. In the same way, I see a pathway potentially for the Portland Trailblazers. There is something about me that roots for the underdog and for franchises and teams that have not experienced the success or the joy of winning a championship for a long, long time and or if ever. And I'd love to see that happen with one of them. And every now and then you get a year like this and these are the conditions in which that team pops up out of nowhere and ends up stealing one. Uh, Giannis, though, with his positive spirit, Steph Curry has the same energy. And I know I've banged on these guys before, but the counter, the counter is Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant with their talk about being understood and how no one understands how hard their jobs are and the media is so unfair and doesn't get it and people don't get it. it. I mean, all of it is this tiring vibe. And I, and I have to think it's tiring to be around. Now, whether it's getting all excited about properly ordering a Philly cheesesteak, I don't know if you guys saw that, look it up on YouTube or wherever, or talking about how happy he is the Bucks are flying under the radar and how he has no need for the spotlight... Giannis gives off this aura of being grateful that he gets to take on the challenge of being a two-time MVP, still seeking a championship in Milwaukee. I mean, look, I know you, my listeners, as well as I, can name all kinds of players that would be salty or grumbly about the criticism that Giannis is a two-time MVP and still hasn't gone anywhere with the Milwaukee Bucks. We've seen that turn before, and we've seen players get 
bothered by it. Giannis doesn't give off any of, of that. And there are, are so many players in the NBA who take pride in the fact that they came from nothing. It sometimes makes me wonder why they find their current existence as millionaires playing the game they love so burdensome that their, their lives are so hard. Giannis, by all accounts, came from less than nothing and not only hasn't forgotten, but acknowledges that he has a whole lot of something now, more than most people dream of. I guess this is a long way of saying that I'm more inclined to vote for Giannis as MVP this year than ever before, even if the other voters don't agree. And just as an added note, don't sleep on Damian Lillard. He's moved up the charts in win shares. Yeah, I said it. And usage rate. I think he's third in win shares. Uh, somewhere close in usage rate, top five. And those two stats seem to carry a lot of weight with a lot of voters. It's why Nikola Jokic is, uh, I've seen in some places, the, currently the favorite to win MVP. And it's because he leads in win shares by a wide margin. Now, don't ask me to explain or defend win share as a measuring stick. I'm just reporting the news here. I've used the stat before, but I do so very carefully because it's one of those that I'm just not sure it applies. I can see it applying in baseball. When it comes to basketball, it's a little bit like Draymond Green talking about himself being the best defensive player ever. It's, it's a bit silly because, first of all, you have to have a great defensive team around you in order to be a great defensive player. You can be a great defensive player and never get a chance, never get the recognition, never be identified, never get a chance to play great defense because... It is a collective effort. Ben Wallace won, I think, what, four Defensive Player of the Years? He, multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards in Detroit. He doesn't get those without Rasheed Wallace, Tayshon Prince, and Chauncey Billups, all of whom in their prime were first-team all-defense. Whether they were voted that or not, I'm telling you, Having watched them, knowing them, they were all first-team defense. All of those guys, Rashid actually might have been the best all-around defensive player on that team, on that Pistons team. It was simply that uh, Ben Ben was always the help defender, so he got the blocked shots, he had the rebounds, he had the statistics, he won the awards. Again, love Ben. We'd love to see him in the... Hall of Fame. I'm just reporting the news. All right. That does it for this episode of On the Ball with Rick Buecher on the United WeCast Network. I know you guys have heard me make this plea before, but I'm going to make it again. I'm going to continue to make it, to be honest with you. There are some podcasts out there. You may listen to them or you may just be aware of them. They're podcasts that I don't think are as good as this one. I don't think they're close, 
But for whatever reason, they are distributed by a bigger network. They've been around longer. They post more frequently. I, I don't know. But they have way more ratings. And I don't get it. I would like to hear from you. I would like to see your stars, whatever they may be. I just want to get that number up. I think it should be higher based on this podcast. I hope you agree. All right. That's the end of my plea. This is the time when I'm normally going to tell you what is in the next podcast. I'm feeling like it might be time for another guest. But who that is, something I'm going to have to work on between now and then. In any event, we'll be back here at the same time next week. As always, thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.